And thank you so much for joining me for season two, episode one of For the Love of People um, podcast. I am so excited. I'm always excited because why not, right? Life is exciting to introduce my next guest, my first guest of season two, uh, Kimberly Smith. Kimberly Smith is something we all need right now because it is pandemic, COVID-19, crazy 2020, a hurricane's coming, right, Kimberly? Um, and Kimberly Smith is an anxiety and life transition coach. Coach, She's based in Houston, Texas, and she has years of experience in recruiting and staffing. And I, I mean, that job alone gives me anxiety thinking about it. Um, Kimberly, do you want to introduce yourself and tell um, the listeners anything else they want to know? Sure. Yes. Thank you so much, Shania. Um, yes, just like you said, I am an anxiety and life transition coach. So I help people who are overworked, suffering from chronic stress and exhaustion, basically just get a grip on that anxiety so they can stop worrying, so they can possibly ditch the meds, have more energy, increase confidence, um, and just all around excel personally and professionally, build deeper, more meaningful relationships, and start checking things off that bucket list. I mean, you only live once, right? Yeah, I mean, and listen, my bucket list list is really delayed because COVID nineteen won't let me travel anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> you and me, like, I've been virtually traveling. I'm like looking at pictures. Like, this looks like a pretty place, but um, I know. No, it's, and and let me tell you, you came in at the right time because there is. I mean, everyone and their mom has anxiety. I think at this point, I was. I mean, there's funny things that give me anxiety lately. I'm like, why are there so many people in that pool in that picture? Like the weirdest things yes. I'm watching a show. I'm like, Ooh, they've hugged so many people, but it's weird how this pandemic, it's not weird. It's actually, I guess, normal um, for how people should feel. But this pandemic, when I watch shows now, I notice a lot more when people are like touching each other or like hugging or kissing or they're in like, crowded spaces and all of that has been giving me anxiety because it's like our brains are not programmed to think all that stuff is not okay um so what i wanted to ask you first question is covid19 this pandemic is giving i think everyone anxiety and do you have any tips maybe even like one or two on how we can i i don't know get through this (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Shania, change in general and any type of life transition, be it marriage or parenthood or relocation, a new job, a career change, a divorce, you know, they all trigger greater anxiety for us. Um, and, you know, this pandemic has done just that. So, you know, right now we're we're all anxious about something, like you said, you know, whether it's our families, our health, our job security, you know, just the general state of the community and and the world right now is pretty unsettling. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think just awareness, I think everything starts with awareness, 
your personal awareness for yourself and how you're feeling, um, and really trying to process those emotions in a really productive way. You know, so um, that might mean that you really need to ramp up the self-care. Um, that might mean that you really need to have some tough conversations with friends and family um, and just keep those open doors of communication flowing. Um, you know, the more that we talk to each other and stay in touch and share, you know, our points of vulnerability, I think that just is a really positive release. Um, but it also helps us connect to others and feel like we're not alone. I totally uh, agree with you. I think that just because we are not able to physically meet a lot of people, right? I mean, I think a lot of us have, have started establishing little circles that we don't go outside of. Like we'll have the same For four sure. or five people because we know the people are on the same um, bandwidth as us for like being safe and going only to certain places. And we, so we're hanging out with like-minded people and only seeing those people. But when you say still stay connected and um, make sure you're um, speaking to people, how do you recommend, um, what are some great ways you recommend people do that? Oh, can you repeat that one more time? What are some that? great ways you recommend people stay connected or in touch right now? Yeah, so, you know, like you said, I think everybody has their, their little circle. And, you know, again, why staying in touch is so important is that anxiety itself is, you know, a fear-based emotion. And you, people tend to isolate as a way of protecting themselves, right? So um, obviously we're all kind of isolating within quarantine right now, but um, when you're not feeling great, when you're anxious in general, you tend to pull away and pull back even more. And, you know, I know for myself, I'm on lots of different text chains with, you know, different family and friend groups. Um, you know, of course I'm FaceTiming more than just picking up the phone or texting. And I'm doing also a lot of, virtual networking. Um, there's a lot of great virtual based events going on right now. Um, and, you know, I think that's just a wonderful way to connect with people all over the globe, you know, within your own community, other cities, um, and just really also see that like life is still going on, even though, you know, we kind of have the blinders on and we're in our own little quarantine space. Um, there's still things happening out there, which, you know, definitely gives you hope for what's to come and just shows you that, you know, we haven't completely flatlined, right? Like we're, we're still here, we're going to get through this. Um, and it just overall makes you feel so much better after you have those connections and those experiences. I completely agree with you. I was one of those people that was kind of hesitant, um, to transition to like virtual, um, uh, me too. And networking, I was like, ew, what? I don't want to do that. It's so weird. Like staring at a whole bunch of people on camera is such a great thing for me. Yeah. And I'm pretty outgoing. Um, but when I did it a couple times, I noticed that's how I met you. Like, yes, absolutely. Um, but I noticed that it, I, I really liked it. Me too. And actually, I felt like it was a little more organized. Um, you know, I've done a couple of that were through Zoom and then they can break you out into separate like chat rooms where it's just you and maybe a couple other people. And it was definitely more intimate. You know, there was definitely a, a good connection. You know, sometimes at these like networking happy hours and everything, I mean, don't get me wrong, I miss those too. But, you know, sometimes they end up being just more social and less 
you know, one-on-one, -on -one. you don't get a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people. So I really enjoyed it. And I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's feeling like they just need to try something new. I agree with you. And I think that it doesn't hurt to, even if you um, build, like build a friendship with just one person, that's one more person that yeah. you know. And a lot of people, you know, they're like away from home and they can't fly to see their families or whatever. So I think that um, as you said, like it's really good to get on virtual events and also to seek out ones that are local in your area because at least you feel like when this is um, going to calm down a bit and people can start leaving the house, you've made a whole bunch of new friends that you can actually see in person one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, this just came to mind. You know, one of my favorite things that I've gotten involved with is um, actually an equity book club. So it's a virtual book club. Um, that meets, you know, via Zoom once a week. And, you know, we've been, um, you know, reading a great book together. And it's kind of like a no pressure situation where like, you can follow along easily through the Facebook group, you can join the calls whenever it's convenient for you. Um, and then, you know, when it's not, you know, you don't need to stress about that either. But it's just always kind of ongoing. And it's been it's been wonderful. So good. That's awesome. So tell me about um... Uh, I want you to define anxiety for me because I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, it's it's one of those tossed around words nowadays. Like, oh, I have anxiety and this person, this person gives me anxiety and this gives me anxiety. So I define anxiety um, for me and whoever's listening. And I want, you know, so it's it's more clear on what is anxiety and what isn't. Sure. So, you know, anxiety in its most simplistic terms is really our body's natural response to stress. So it's that fight or flight instinct, and it's usually accompanied by like a feeling of fear or apprehension. Um, a lot of times it's a paralyzing fear where we just feel stuck, stuck in a thought process, um, just stuck in inaction where we really just can't move past something. Um, and it can really strike at any time, you know, so it could be triggered by, say, a big important meeting at work, you know, it could be triggered by the fact that we're all going into distance learning with our children this fall. I know that's making me anxious AF right now. <laughs> um, or just, you know, just anything, right? It could just be planning something or, um, you know, for lots of different reasons. So, you know, anxiety disorders are actually the most common mental illness in the U.S. Um, they impact close to 40 million adults every year. Um, and they're, they're definitely highly treatable. You know, it shows up differently for everybody. So, you know, it could mean that, you know, you're having trouble sleeping. It could mean that you're, um, you know, nauseous, you have racing thoughts, you, you know, just um, are procrastinating. It could be perfectionism and people pleasing. There's all types of behaviors that actually are categorized as anxious behaviors. Um, and that could impact your quality of life in lots of different ways. Right. And uh, I mean, I, I've experienced it. I'm sure most people have experienced it at one point in their lives. So what are some tips that you have to actually manage it? And I know it's, this is a very general question. Um, I know everyone shows up, as you said, differently, but do you have really killer no. tips um, for people that are going through it that could benefit from hearing, you know, like, this is what I can do to manage it at this moment when I feel like this? 
Yeah. So are you talking about like in the moment, acute treatment, or are you talking about just in general, just as more of a proactive? Maybe both. If you want to share, I'll take them. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) So, I mean, I think meditation is a great in the moment way to kind of bring yourself back into your present body. Um, you know, with anxiety, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot to do with mindset. So all of those racing thoughts, the fear of the future, the catastrophizing, where we really tend to lean and think more about the really scary possibilities versus the um, happy and positive possibilities, right? But meditation is a great way to just calm your senses, quiet your mind, and really just bring your nervous system back into regulation. Um, You know, another great tool that I use is when I'm feeling stressed, like I just take a shower. Um, Water therapy is great. And just even that hot shower can just, you know, rinse away kind of all the bad vibes and give you a little bit of a fresh start. Um, As far as more just generally proactive tools, Time management is something that I work with my clients specifically on a lot because, you know, the lack of proper time management really increases anxiety and tends to compound it. You know, that feeling that we just don't have enough time in the day to get everything done. There's always this really long laundry list. Um, So, you know, time management comes in many forms. Like you got to have a calendar system. You got to stick to it. It's consistency for sure. Um, a lot of people just over schedule themselves too, right? Like they want to pack so much into each day and that just becomes counterproductive. Um, and then, you know, asking for what you need, you know, feeling like you don't need to take everything on yourself. Um, who can you delegate to, how can you simplify what doesn't need to be done? What can you completely scratch off, right? You know, we end up giving so much of our energy to things that, frankly, like aren't that important to us or aren't that important to our lives. Um, and, you know, a big one, you know, I can't go without talking about self-care. That's actually my theme for this week is um, focusing on that. And so many people just deprive themselves of the basic needs that, you know, their minds, their bodies, you know, their emotions need. Um, And right now we need more of it than ever. We need to really ramp it up, you know? So if you're not on the self-care bandwagon, now's the time. (laughs) So what do you define self-care? Sure. So, you know, self-care, a lot of people think that it's, you know, all of these, you know, trips to the spa and manicures and bubble baths, and that can totally be self-care. But when I talk about self-care, I'm referring to people spending intentional time doing whatever they like that really leads to them feeling less stress and more at ease overall. Um, You know, we all need that rest and recovery physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You know, otherwise, we're really just not at our best. We're not filling our cup and therefore we really can't serve others. No, I like that. So like even if we take like a bubble bath or paint our nails or do a facial or yeah yeah. you know and in the moment you're gonna need different you know levels of self-care right so it could be watching your favorite tv show it could be going to a yoga class or doing some reading it could be just going to bed early and getting an extra hour of sleep um i think a lot of people 
you know, become disengaged from activities and hobbies that they used to really enjoy. And reconnecting with those is a great way to, you know, just get excited about life again. Um, you know, how can you express your creativity? How can you work with your hands? You know, anxiety is really energy without an outlet. So when you find something active or creative that you can work on, which is, you know, also really mentally stimulating, um, again, it's a positive distraction from the anxiety that you're feeling. And then, you know, you feel accomplished. You feel like you actually did something for yourself. You spent time doing something other than, you know, work and housework, you know, dishes and laundry and all of that stuff that just really bogs us down. Um, and that just gives us more energy to put into all of those other necessities as well when the time is right. Right. And talking about laundry, I did six loads yesterday. <laughs> Oh my God. I don't even want to think about it. I know, right? I definitely have some work to do in that department myself. I was like, let me wash everything, but it's done. I'm just like, it was, it was a lot. And you know, as you said, um, anxiety does come from that stuff because when you're sitting and trying to enjoy yourself or relax or paint your nails, I always, and I don't have children either. I just have dogs, but I'm mm -hmm. sitting there and I'm like, oh, I could be doing this. I should be doing, I should be doing this. I should be washing the windows. Why am I watching a TV show? How do you manage that? You know, that is, that's, a, that's definitely a challenge for everybody. I think that knowing to, to put enough energy into the things that are really going to um, permeate your peripheral, right? So like you said, when you're trying to sit and relax, but all you can think about is the laundry that needs to be done or this that needs to be done, you know, make a quick list of, okay, what are the things that are going to interfere with me actually relaxing? What quick things can I check off the list right now? Can I put in a lot of lo a load of laundry? Can I do a quick, um, you know, I call them five minute frenzies where like I take five minutes and I just run around and like straighten and tidy and pick things up and like get things in a general state of order, right? Like it doesn't have to be perfect, but it helps me kind of find some clarity, declutter, and then just relax, right? Like know that you're not going to get everything done. Like there's never going to be a point in time where you don't have a chore or a project that you could possibly work on, right? Um, and dedicating that time to self-care and relaxation and restoration is just as important as you doing those other tasks as well. I like the five minute frenzy. That's really fun. Um, yeah, it really is. <laughs> and your kids can help. Like if somebody has kids, like they can get the kids involved and like, it can be a family thing, right? Like the, the mom or the dad, like the adults aren't the only ones responsible for, you know, taking care of the home. Yeah. And, and that's good because you're teaching them that obviously they should do it for themselves and you need help. But I like the five minute time limit because I think what I do is I'll like get so caught up in it and then it like an hour has went, went by. So if I time myself, I feel like that would be even better because then I wouldn't have to be like rushing um, to do other things because I took too long to do something and then I got distracted and did another thing. Absolutely. And you can get a lot done in five minutes, actually. I'm going to try that. I'm going to have my Google set a timer and see what I can get done in five minutes today. It's really fun. I have another question sure. for you. So when you talk about um, uh, anxiety and like life transition, and obviously everybody's kind of going through both of those right now because life is never going to be the same. 
Where do you get your right. um, your zen and your focus from, and why did you want to get into this um, this space? Sure. So, you know, I'll tackle the first part of that question first. Where do I find my zen? Definitely within self-care. Um, and, you know, I've learned that I operate better when I have a routine and I have rituals that I can actually really look forward to. So, you know, I have really meaningful and beautiful evening rituals that sets me up for morning success. I have a morning ritual that sets my day up for success that kind of helps me relax and focus and stay organized on what are the things that I really want to accomplish that day. Um, and then for the evening, really winding down, learning to kind of switch off the work mode, um, come back into the present moment and really just decide what do I feel like doing, right? Do I feel like watching a show? Do I feel like reading and just putting on some music and you know, putting some essential oils into the air to help me relax? Um, I also do a lot of yoga. Physical movement is extremely important for regulating your nervous system. So if you are feeling stressed, you know, like get up and have a moving minute, like shake it all out. Like I totally do that. Um, I go for a lot of walks and runs and just getting those endorphins going, you know, it, it definitely helps me have a clearer state of mind. And then the second part was why did I choose to get into this area of coaching? Well, I have had my own journey with anxiety. You know, I was a young professional taking on a lot, you know, kind of hit the ground running with got married, you know, bought a house. We moved across country, you know, started another job. And, you know, then I became a mother and life just was coming at me full force. Right. And I think, you know, looking back, I've always been a little bit of an anxious person, um, but I was coping well with it. Right. So there there's another type of anxiety it's called high functioning anxiety where you really hide your anxiety behind the appearance of success so outwardly you look very organized you're on time you you know are just checking all the boxes right like it looks like you're winning at life but you are fatigued you get headaches and migraines maybe you have gi issues there's definitely an impact on your life and you know that's where i personally was at where i on the outside, it looked like, wow, like Kimberly has it all together. And on the inside, I was just, I was a ball of nerves and I felt like I was disorganized, procrastinating. I felt like I was failing at every day. Um, and, you know, it really was the experience of, you know, going on medication, learning that that, that really wasn't the route for me, and then trying to find some strategies, some natural holistic strategies I could incorporate into my own lifestyle that would help me manage that anxiety. So, you know, I've been very successful at that over the last five years. And I want to share that with other people. You know, the more I talk with people and learn about just their lifestyles and, you know, it's, we live very high stress lives in this country, right? Like we, we push productivity, like we have this go, 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 you know, nothing is ever enough mentality that becomes ingrained in us. And, you know, it's, it's, it takes a toll on our overall well-being. So, you know, I didn't find a lot of resources out there for myself. Um, and then when I decided to become a life coach, I, this just was a natural niche for me. This was a natural place where 
I felt comfortable, where I felt like I could add value to people's lives and really help them, you know, turn things around and find some balance. No, I love that because it's, it, it, it takes you doing it yourself for you to know that you can help others and to share. And I do think that most people that start companies that are founders have basically found the secret formula to what works for them. And they just want to share and help others, you know? So my next question then would be is, um, why an anxiety coach? Why? Like, you, so to be, you know, there's, there's everything online, right? Obviously there's too much information. So you don't know where the hell to look, but, um, right. why an anxiety coach and, and how does that process work? Sure. So, you know, anxiety definitely prevents us, like I said, from bringing our best selves to the world, both in, you know, the sphere of our personal lives and professionally. Um, you know, anxiety you can prevent you from taking on new opportunities, from taking that new job, from, you know, leaving that toxic relationship. And, um, and that impacts your overall life happiness. So, and, and also anxiety is fear-based. So fear of the future, fear of change. Um, and I saw that within myself. So, you know, learning to understand your anxiety versus fearing it is the key, right? So if you can understand like where your anxiety stems from, what are your triggers um, and really reconnect with yourself, like there's a huge opportunity to reconnect with yourself and really get to know yourself again through the process of coaching. Um, and then also using that to achieve your goals, right? So um, that anxiety can hold you back from, you know, going after so many things, trying new experiences and just having an enjoyable life. Right. Um, and nobody wants to have those regrets, you know, and, and that's again, where I was, where I felt like I was holding myself back. I was standing in my own way and I, I didn't want to have any regrets for not going after the things that I wanted in life and, and not living my best life. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I chose anxiety and, you know, again, life transitions, those trigger anxiety. So it doesn't really matter, um, you know, whether it's a divorce or a marriage or a new job, right? Like there's always that fear of the unknown. Um, and, you know, how do you get past that? Right, exactly. And then I, you were talking about like a morning and evening ritual. So I'm really interested yeah. to know what that is. Yeah, so, you know, I first heard about... Um, you know, a morning ritual on a podcast, actually. And they were talking about um, a book. It's called Miracle Mornings. Um, I forget the author right now, but um, I didn't read the book, but the, the podcast actually really stood with me. And I was doing this crazy commute at this time. Like I was doing like an hour and a half commute in the morning, an hour and a half commute at, in the evening. Um, and it was pretty frenzied. That frenzied lifestyle just was dragging me down. And I realized that if I wanted my day to go smoothly, I really needed to, that needed to start in the evening, actually. So that prompted me to create an evening ritual, um, which cleared up time for myself in the morning. And then I could slow down a little bit and I could do some things. So, you know, my morning ritual really just in, in makes it starts with me waking up and doing a meditation. So I, I try and stay off my phone. I go right into meditation. I have a detox tea that I like to drink. So, you know, putting something nutritious in my body from the get go, 
helps me get in the mindset of healthy eating and clean eating. Um, I also like to get my workouts in really early so that I can just have that crossed off. Um, a lot of times I'll do a little reading too. I've been really into these daily reading books. So right now I'm reading the Daily Stoic, which has kind of a quote from one of the Stoic philosophers and then uh, interpretation for modern living. Um, and the last couple of years I've done those as well. Um, I did A Year with Rumi, which is a great book. And then also Journey to the Heart by Melanie Beatty. Um, so again, just kind of like those small meditations, slowing down, doing a little reading, having a little detox tea, and really just thinking about getting in the right mindset for the day. That's amazing. I like that. And I think morning rituals are really important. Like I journal, then I meditate, then I work out. So I have like a whole thing to do too. Yeah. And it really helps me also get all that energy out that I woke up with. So the rest of the day I can relax. Um, but I have another question for you. This is interesting. What's your favorite book of all time? You have to think fast. Okay. So I tell people, I tell a lot of my clients this, that the book that really changed my perspective on anxiety in life, it's called Outrageous Openness and it's by Tasha Silver. Um, so she is an astrologist. She's a non-denominational just life coach in general. Um, and she shares a lot of wisdom in this book about really letting go, right? So again, anxiety, we want to control everything. And it's just all these short stories about how once you let go, you know, kind of the universe and the higher powers really take control and everything moves into the perfect place, right? Like the perfect solutions are already chosen. Um, so I love this book. It's called Outrageous Openness, Letting the Divine Take the Lead. Um, and that for sure changed my life and perspective on everything. It just really helped me, you know, see things from a different perspective and let go. And all of these stories of people who finally just tried to stop forcing things to happen in their life, um, things just naturally fell into place. Um, and that eased my worries and anxiety. And I remind myself of that a lot when I'm feeling tense about something is that, you know, the perfect solutions are already in motion. They're already chosen. Um, and you really can only, you can only control your behavior, everything else, all of the outcomes, you really have to become detached from. Um, and I think 2020 is a perfect year for that because you know, nothing has really gone right in our favor. So, you know, just detaching yourself from expectations in general. But this book really does a great job of illustrating that. Perfect. I love it. I'm going to read that. Um, and then if you were to write a book, what would the title be? <gasps> oh, my gosh. This is a great question. I definitely, this is, see, this is on my bucket list for sure. Um, I've thought about this. So, Gosh, you're putting me on the spot here. If I had to write a book, what would it be called? Um, the best mistakes I've ever made. Okay, that's good. I love that. Yeah, because I think, you know, again, we're so afraid of making the wrong decision, right? We're anxious about making the right choices, making the right decisions. And there really is no wrong decision. You learn something from every experience, whether in hindsight you would have done that differently, or, you know, I 
I really try not to label things as mistakes anymore. They really are learning experiences. And, you know, some of the best mistakes, quote unquote, that I have made have actually turned out to be the really right decisions um, and had the best outcomes in the long run. Because I think everything was like leading us in the direction of where we're supposed to be, right? For sure, for sure. well, those are my questions for you today, Kimberly. Is there anything else you wanted to add or let people know? I do want um, you to give your to give everybody listening a way to follow you, your website, where they can keep up with you. Absolutely. No, I mean, this has been a really fun chat. I definitely appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, people can find me. I do a lot on Instagram and my Handle is at Kimberly.Brook with an E on the end. So K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y dot Brooke dot Smith. And uh, my website is www.EncompassCoachingServices.com. I also have a Facebook page, which is at Encompass Coaching Services. And I actually do a live series every Tuesday called Real Talk, Everything Anxiety, Real Problems, and Real Solutions, where we tackle an anxious mindset issue, an anxious problem, and I give you some practical solutions to really combat that and, you know, overcome it. But yeah, this has been fun. This has been super fun. And I tell you, like, the more I think people talk about this, um, and the more people are okay with it, it's not a shameful thing. I think we all go through it. I think um, the more we normalize not feeling normal, whatever normal means, uh, the more, right. There's right. Like what's normal, but the more we normalize that we're okay, we're humans and we have lots of different things going on. And people like you, Mm -hmm. I, you know, kudos to you for doing this because it is a hot topic. It's something that people go through, but they don't want to get help for, or they don't, they don't feel it's bad enough. So thank you for being out there and helping people. Of course. And and that's absolutely part of my mission as well, Shania, is to really help people get to a point where they don't associate shame with these types of things, right? So, I mean, at some point in time, most of us will have um, an issue with our mental health, whether it's anxiety or depression or something else. Um, and, you know, that impacts our overall well-being. So, you know, I hope that my story and some of the tools and resources that I've developed for myself can really benefit others. I love that. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I um, love talking to you. And um, again, thank you for providing this awesome service to everybody because it's much needed right now. And I will, I'm going to go buy wine for the hurricane prep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I will talk to you soon. For the love of the love of people. Thank you.